Macarriar to Stokes, who's onside! Welcome to another episode of the Saints FC podcast. Oh, that introduction took a hell of a lot of false energy talking about Southampton there. Um, as usual, welcome to, to the podcast. Um, if you want to email us, you know how to do that. It's saintsfcpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to get in, in contact with us on Twitter, it's at saintsfcpodcast. Um, tell your friends about the show. Give us a review on iTunes, all of that. Um, anyway. I'm going to introduce uh, the two chaps that are sat to my left first. Um, then we'll talk about free beer and then we'll get into the football. Um, so, Tom, he's on my far left. Hello, everyone. You'll recognise his voice uh, yeah. if you're a regular listener to, to the Saints FC podcast, Tom Parker. And Matt, who's immediately on my left. Hello. And you may recognise his voice if you're a listener to the Southampton Delivery podcast. Matt, it's an absolute honour to have you sat here on the sofa uh, as a guest on the Saints FC podcast all the way from California. Wow. I, I think I'm just going to change my whole flight plan. I came for this podcast, not for Saints at West Ham because well, we'll get into that later. But yeah, thanks for having me. This is uh, this is great. I can't, uh, I don't know, I didn't really think this was going to happen. Um, but hey. Um, it's cross-media pollination. It's yeah. Amazing. I think this is what we're supposed to do. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, the distance between California and Hackney is pretty pretty vast. Um, but amazing you've made the journey here. I don't know if I can promise a trip out to California anytime soon, soon to come on uh, your podcast, but you know. Well, if you do, you're welcome. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, but also California is, I think, bigger than I think traveling one end, length of California to the other, one end to the other, is, is probably long, far further than England. It'd probably take you about London, London to the US would probably take you about as long as US to California, like start US to California, I'd say maybe. Do you I guess? Yeah, yeah. Well, when I went to Seattle, it does about that, yeah. 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 Okay. Um, so, I mean, moving on from kind of like badly researched geographical stats. Back, back of a fact, pack geography. <laughs> I, I don't teach history or geography. Yeah. <laughs> I have all. a degree in geography from the University of Southampton, of course. But um, yeah, we didn't, we didn't do that in our degree. Um, anyway, we're rambling on. Um, one very important message to tell you is we still have the sponsorship coming from beer52.com. This means if you haven't yet got your free box of beer, firstly, what on earth are you doing? Um, secondly, good news, you can still get it. So all you have to do is head to beer52.com forward slash saints and you will get a box of 10 beers, delicious craft beers, and they'll deliver it to your door for a price of £5.95. Um, when you do that, you sign up to a subscription service, but you can cancel the subscription service. Um, I've had two boxes of beers from Beer 52 now, and I think we were supposed to be drinking them on the podcast, but they were so delicious, I've finished yeah. them already. My, my fiancé drank all of my beers, <laughs> so thanks for that, Imogen. Um, <laughs> Matt, I don't know if the offer's open to American uh, listeners, I'm afraid, but I maybe actually, you need to get your uh, UK address uh, and give that a go. I contemplated having it shipped to the hotel. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, but I just didn't, I didn't, I didn't pull the trigger on it soon enough. It wasn't going to get there while we were here, but I, I did, I actually thought about it. Yeah. Um, so anyway, if you want to get, get your free beer, head to beer52.com forward slash saints. Right. Anyway, I'm going to start this, um, podcast by quizzing you, uh, Matt. So, I mean, you're clearly American as people will be able to tell from, from your voice. Uh, we've established that you live in California. Like how on earth and why do you support Southampton? Well, um, way back when my, my son was playing baseball and I played baseball my entire life growing up and I, and I actually hated football. Um, and in this story, I may actually refer to it as soccer, uh, as soccer as a couple of times, just cause it's, it's habit. But, um, and, and so I, I hated football and he decided he hated baseball and he wanted to play soccer. So, um, I was like, let's go for it. And we started watching, we started doing all this stuff and my best friend's an Arsenal fan. So we were watching Arsenal and after about a year of that, he's playing, I'm learning about it. And, uh, I don't know, we just kind of decided, Hey, it's time, time, probably time to pick a team. My buddy uh, assumed I was going to pick Arsenal. Um, my son did choose Arsenal as his team. Um, I, I did not. And, and part of it is, is I'm a, a big Houston Astros fan. And, um, to make a long story short, they have a really good farm system, uh, which is like their academy. And so for me, that was really important. And, uh, when I started looking at, uh, the, the teams in the Premier League with good academies, um, I saw Southampton. I saw all the players that had come through there. And at the time I thought, man, that's really good. They come through there. They, you know, they, they play a few years and then they go on. This is so great. They play for England. And now I'm starting to regret that because they're all gone. Um, <laughs> but, know, it's too late. You can't change now. Uh, no, no, I, I'm in. And so that is probably the single biggest contributor. Yeah. Um, but also I'm a teacher and we are a high school and we are red and white and we are the saints as well. Oh, so right. that, that, that's that helps. Nice, yeah, that, yeah. Nice that quite nicely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, so it's quite interesting for, for you guys out in America because I think you know, most of us Saints fans who are here in England supporting Saints, or to be honest, a lot of Saints fans um, all around the world probably have a similar sort of experience, but the club kind of chooses you. you. You don't really have much choice in it. So, I mean, Tom, your dad was a big Saints fan. Yep. Um, for me, uh, my great granddad played for Saints. So, you know, once I was interested in football, that kind of came through to, down through the family. And you kind of think of all those years of anguish <laughs> that we've suffered because the club chose True. us. But, you know, to be sat next to someone who chose the Saints, you know, I, I admire that. Uh, so say masochist. Is that yeah, masochist? Like that. I can't remember which one's which. Yeah, I, I probably don't make good decisions. And this, is, <laughs> this is just proof. <laughs> um, and so, I mean, it's one thing to, you know, be a fan out in the States, watching the games. Um, but then to set up a podcast, I mean, that takes a whole load of effort. I know it myself. There's an awful lot of effort, effort involved in, you know, finding the people to speak to, um, whether it's kind of guests, whether it's players, whether it's finding the one other Southampton fan that you know in the whole of the, of the city Hello. of London. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, and actually being able to kind of sit down, get the kit, work out how to do it, publish it. You know, there's a lot of effort. So how did you get from just being like a, you know, casual, right, I'm going to choose a team to them being a guy who's doing a whole podcast on the Saints? So part of it was is that there wasn't one. It was, uh, I, I am a big podcast listener um, at school. I, I help uh, the kids produce a podcast about, about school and news and things like that. So I, uh, we're really, I mean, if you work at a school, you know how it, how it is buying stuff through this, this, the school. It doesn't always happen very quickly. So oftentimes it was like, well, I'll just buy this. I'll buy this. And at, at some point I just wound up with a bunch of mics and an, yeah. all the whole setup and said like, well, if there's not one, um, let's, let's try it. And for me, the hardest, the absolute hardest part was, was actually going out and talking to people. That was 
the most nerve wracking thing. And then, and, and part of it was, is I wanted to feel like I was more connected to, to the team because being out in California, um, the nearest other Southampton fan, now there's a guy about 45 minutes away, but, um, the, the nearest one before that was three hours away. And wow. so, you know, you're by yourself. So this is a way for me to kind of get in touch with, with everybody. Yeah. I mean, I, I think we set up our podcast pretty much, you know, within a matter of weeks, maybe a, a month in between. Um, I remember it's the same same thing for me, really. I was just thinking, well, there isn't a Southampton podcast at the moment. The one that had been there before disappeared. Um, you know, I didn't have the kit from work, but my wife's a professional <laughs> podcaster, so the kit was lying around my house. So, yeah, I thought, you know, why the hell not? And I suppose the amazing thing is once you start the podcast is, like, how quickly you become involved in the Southampton community of fans and, like, people surrounding the club. It's, I've met loads of people just in, I think we've just been doing it, what, over, just a little bit over a year now, and met so many people through this already. And um, presumably it's the same for you. I mean, over Skype, but... Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, and then I'm, I'm sitting here talking to you now. Like, the, yeah. like that's, a huge, that's a huge thing. And when I went to uh, the match on Saturday, it was, it, it felt kind of weird to tell people, like, hey, I'm coming over, and people are like, awesome, I'll see you at the game. And I was like, wait, like... I guess people do listen and yeah. like people are well, excited. I heard you talking in the gents and I turned around and I didn't know you mate. I was like, yeah, you're mother in California. You're like, yeah, yeah. I was like, hey. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it was, uh, so it, it's, it's, it's awesome. And, and honestly, that's, I mean, as bad as the match was and we'll talk about it, but just meeting everybody and seeing everybody yeah. and get, that that's, Makes it makes the trip absolutely worth it. Cool. I, I want to go into that in more detail when we get to the end of the podcast because I think you know there's going to be some tough bits in this in the yeah. next kind of hour or so as we plow our way through Saints performances. Um, so we're going to save some good stuff about your whole experience of what it's like to come to the first game, and we're going to save that that for the end. But um, obviously, if people want to listen to um, your podcast, do you have a particular favorite episode that you would point people to if they you know if they listen to this podcast they've never heard your one yet? Where would you send them? Would you send them to just the most recent one or would you pick one out? Well, I, yeah, the most recent one would be fine, but it's different because it's, it's live and it's in a pub and it sounds like it's in a pub. Um, I honestly, I think my favorite ones are the ones kind of towards, if you see more than one guest, if you yeah. see a list of people, I think I talked to you on one that was kind of at the end of the transfer window. I talked to a bunch of people at the end of, of last season. And I think those are my favorite because I get to talk to, to so many more t- different kind of people. Yeah. Uh, but generally one each week, it's a different kind of, Somebody who writes, you know, for whatever little outlet or whatever, we talk for a long ass time about, about the game and that's it. So yeah, any episode, but if you want to hear a bunch of people, like just look towards the end of last season or, you know, the end of any transfer window. Okay. Have you ever had any guests where you've just been like, Oh my God, what, what is this guy about? Or like, I just wasn't expecting, you know, that is something which just caught you totally from left field. Okay. So I had, I had one, I have have two, but one, um, the guy messaged me about 15 minutes before we're going to start. And he just said, Hey, if my voice sounds a little weird, like don't freak out. And I was like, all right, man, like I need to know what you're saying because this is all audio. Like I need to know. Uh, And he was 15. Um, and I was really worried when I got on and I was like, I got to talk to your dad because laws are weird. And, but he was great. Um, and then I had, I had one and I, I will say I published every episode that I've ever talked to. I've never gone like, I can't put this out, but I've been close. Um, but yeah, I've had a couple of people just go like, you were like, there's a list. I have a, a list of like a, on a Google keep kind of sheet that the yeah. people who are never coming back on and that, that <laughs> it, it, it's getting some numbers <laughs> more numbers maybe than the downloads but it's okay uh i'm sure that's uh sure that's an exaggeration um so i mean i suppose the other thing as well is if people haven't listened to your podcast do you want to explain the concept behind it what do you do each week i mean i know so okay. i'm just asking you so you get a chance okay, to, yeah, to so, tell people so basically every week i have um kind of a different guest on and in my 
real goal, I think maybe it comes from being a teacher and just actually being genuinely interested in what people are doing is I talk to them about their writing and how they got into it and how they went, like you asked me earlier, like how'd you go from just being a fan uh, and how'd you get into the team? How'd you go from being a fan to, to actually writing about it and, yeah. and that stuff? And then we talk kind of about, uh, we go into to, to the most recent match really. Uh, and then we kind of build from there. And I, I don't like to do predictions cause I'm not very good at them. So we don't, I try to avoid that. And I just use the excuse that I record immediately after the last game. So I don't have to, to mess with that, but everybody likes to ask me about yeah. predictions. So if we do that, I'll, I'll, I'll try. Yeah, we'll try and do that. Yeah, you get some, yeah. until Reese's very optimistic predictions for yeah. me, <laughs> no, none of them come true. I don't think Tom's ever predicted Saints no. to lose, so he's not been doing very well this Mark season. Mark Lawrence of Saints. Um, let's just quickly, uh, we're, we're going to quickly speak to another American friend, so Jason Sticky, uh, Jason Dickey, long-term fan of the podcast. Um, he's written in, and I just need to find my cursor so I can find his email. Um, he's written another long email, but I'm just going to pick up one thing here. Um, and he just says, at what point do we simply have to blame the players? Do we want to pick this one up in the West Ham United? It seems like the out? opportunity okay. moment. Yeah. So Jason, we're going to come back to that. Um, obviously, if you do want to list, uh, email into the Saints FC podcast, saintsfcpodcast at gmail.com or get in contact with us on Twitter. Um, Saints versus Wigan. Should we cover this one really quickly? I think it'd be nice yeah. to have a little bit of positivity. Yeah. It felt like a possible new beginning, didn't it? Yeah. Uh, new manager. A new dawn. New dawn. New manager. Uh, a manager that we, none of us probably particularly wanted, but probably I think most people recognised it was a sensible choice that he's managed the sort of fifth or, f- or fifth number of Premier League games. Ex-Saints player, a winner, you know, a, a player that, as a player, is an absolute winner. Yeah. And, you know, until recently, he had done well with Stoke, so it felt like a new dawn. Yeah. Although... I mean, I was feeling quite optimistic before the game. Obviously, we were playing against League One opposition. Um, you know, I was cautiously optimistic. I wasn't expecting us to roll them over. First half performance was pretty poor. Um, it was kind of similar to what we've seen for the whole season, really. Um, but then I thought the second half was was pretty good. I think his, you know, his halftime team talk seemed to do the job. That's what that's what I thought. And, and you look at Mark Hughes and, and kind of the attitude that he brings to the club and you, you say, you know, we haven't had that in, in Puel, we didn't have that in Pellegrino. Uh but I think we did have that under Kuman. And that was maybe something that and, and Pochettino doesn't look like a guy who just lets people get away with things either. Yeah. So like I think when you when you kind of look at, at who that was, maybe that's what the team needed. And it seemed like, you know, I don't know what he said in half at uh, halftime, but it, it had to be something and that was a that was I th- that was encouraging for me and I think that, that gave me some false optimism for, for the future. It, it it seemed like he'd given them the kick up the backside that the players had really needed. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I wonder if he's I wonder if they almost need a winner to kind of grab him by a scruff of the yeah. neck, this group of players. There don't seem to be any natural leaders in, in, in that group. Um you know, having said that though, I thought the second half was pretty good. I mean, again, League One opposition say I mean, although we could both be in the same division next season quite easily. Yeah. Um and uh but we played very well in the second half. We did dominate it. We could have, should have won 3-0. Um, you know, Wigan will re- re- the chances they missed in the first half. But great, we're through to the semi-final of the FA Cup. Yeah. What I think is quite interesting here is you may have noticed on the Saints FC hashtag on Twitter and in the forums and on Reddit, a lot of people have been banging on about getting tickets. Yet when we ran a poll and asked people, would you prefer it if Southampton uh, stayed in the Premier League or won the FA Cup? The FA Cup was kind of not considered important. It's like 79% or something said they want to stay in the league or something. Yeah, I, I can't remember exactly. But suddenly the FA Cup does seem to be quite interesting. Yeah. No, I think, I think to be fair, um, 
we look we'll come to the West Ham game but if we take the FA Cup in isolation we've done actually really quite well in every round and also the FA Cup strange things happen in the FA Cup yeah. strange you know Wigan won it and a few years before that and we got relegated Portsmouth won it and, and following season got relegated. Um, so, you know, it does strange things. Over 90 minutes, one group of 11 players can beat another group of 11 players. Um, and I think, you know, to be fair, that Wigan game, for me, a highlight of the season was, was Cedric's goal at the end. So, yeah. I, it's not surprising that people felt really positive after that game. And um, so, we took that positivity into an international break. Um, England... You know, they, they did all right. I mean, Matt is sat next to me. For those of you watching on YouTube, he's wearing an England shirt. Um, so that's, you know, I'm going to take that as a message of positivity. He wants to show support here in the country he's visiting. I'm wearing a Southampton shirt from the last time we were in the championship. So I'd take that to mean whatever you want. <laughs> um, and then we, we, I guess, I mean, the thing is like, so you think, right, this is great. He's got two weeks of an international break. So he's going to have a lot of time to work with the players, um, you know, get the team ready for the, the challenge that they've got. But also, sorry, just not many of our players playing internationally. Like McCarthy, Bertrand weren't playing. Yeah, but Bertrand Steve. was injured, wasn't he? Because he was yeah, in the squad. But like you remember like Hoyt, yeah. Steve, you know, the, the nucleus of the team, Romeo staying in the UK. Yeah. I think it'd be good. Yeah, you would have thought so. <laughs> um, so anyway, I was on holiday last week and I was uh, cycle training for a big cycle ride I've got coming up this summer. Um, you were on holiday this week as well, but you kind of went from California to to London. And Tom, you were also in London at, at the weekend. So yeah. I think I'm going to hand over to you two because you two were both actually there. Let's Let's start with the Saints' performance. If you can call it that. Absolutely. Um, first off, team sheet. P- appeared to pick what you'd hope would be our strongest team, Charlie Austin instead of Carrillo, uh, Hoiberg, Lamina, the kind of the players that people have been calling out for. Um, you know, Reddick, Tavern, it's Reddick, um, Redmond and Tadic. But I I've think created some sort of I've monster, created some sort of uh, you know, monster Reddick, bad player. Tadmond. It's <laughs> um, a player that no one wants. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'll be really, I'll be really, I'll be very direct for the first time ever. Um, I've been going to see Saints for 30 years. It's the worst performance I've ever seen. Uh, it was terrible. Shut the front door. Yeah. I mean, that bad. Yeah. I mean, it was the worst I've ever seen. They were out fought on every single blade of grass, outplayed, mentally not strong enough, uh, weak when it mattered. And then ultimately, when it really comes down to it, we've got, big name players that have played, you know, uh, the Syria players, I mean, and Lamina and Hoyt. Um, and they just didn't turn up for the game. Um, individual mistakes leading to goals. West, West Ham just wanted it more. They just pressured from the off and they pushed and they beat us. And I have a theory and it's not particularly original one that the nucleus, you know, three or four members of our team are going to probably go to the world cup. Mm. Uh, and I think you're seeing it with Bertrand and Cedric, and Tadic, and I think now that seven games to go, they know that Saints are probably down. They know that they're going to get a move no matter what, and they know they're going to the World Cup. And I think that we are losing 50-50 battles on the pitch because the players aren't willing to bust their gut in case they pull a hamstring or they get injured and they don't go to the World Cup. And I think that we saw that on Saturday. We were comprehensively out for I could be wrong, but like maybe the, this also uh, somewhat explains the success in the FA Cup is because you you leave with a trophy under your belt. That's something you leave because you finished 
you know, 16th or 17th. That's, that's, it doesn't say anything about you as a, as a, as a player really. Um, but if I, if I can go on about the game, like this is my first time in England. Like I live in California. I own one pair of pants. That's not for work. And I had saw trousers, by the way, trousers. This is another thing is we have a list going in the hotel room of all the things, (laughs) of all the things that like we say that are things and then you guys call them something different. I mean, you don't want to be telling people you've got one pair of pants, mate. (laughs) (laughs) Outside of what? That means you wear, yeah, one pair Uh, every weekend. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, but but, I mean, I live, I I left 75 degree weather. I had to buy, I had to buy trousers. I had to buy a a jacket. Um, I had to buy, I did a number of things to kind of prepare myself uh, for, for the trip. And I didn't prepare for what I saw uh, on Saturday. Like I was so, I was so pumped for that match. I was so excited to go in there. And like, I, I remember I, I, I recorded like kind of just walking in. You could just hear the music. You could hear the crowd. And like, I, you can hear me on the video. I sound like an idiot, but I'm just laughing. Cause I'm like so excited. And then kickoff happened. And, and by, by 18 minutes in, it was just like, Oh, the jet lag has hit me. And now I'm just, <laughs> I'm fighting, I'm fighting this for, for the next kind of 60 minutes. Well, fair play to West Ham. Uh, they, they wanted it more. They just, they really did. And they, and this is something you said earlier, the, the allegedly terrible atmosphere at the London stadium. It definitely wasn't. It was loud. It was raucous. They were really, I mean, we were very close to West Ham fans, but they were really up for it. And, um, and they just, Saints look mentally shot. Players like Gabbiadini looked lost. He looked like he'd never seen a football before. Um, Austin didn't still look fit. Um, he doesn't know, look fit when he is fit. He doesn't look fit when he is fit. And I, I was shocked. And I think that the horrible thing was, was if there was a game we had to play away from home, you'd have taken that one. Oh, yeah. You'd have taken West Ham in the London Stadium. Yeah. Because you knew, like, like, and Mark Hughes must have said to them, go out there, beat them to the first challenge score the first goal, score the first goal, that stadium turns. Oh, yeah. But, like, we didn't. Instead, like, from the very first 50-50, which they won, they were in the ascendancy, and the crowd got behind them more and more. And then, as you say, after 18 minutes, it was the game was finished. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I could say, you know, 25, 30 years of watching Saints, it was comfortably the, the most uncomfortable experience I've ever had. I mean, how many games did you see when we were in the championship on the season we got relegated season we got relegated I was up north at university didn't see okay. a huge number but I don't think it's the, what was shocking was the mentally mm. it, it was the it was the lack of effort yeah it wasn't that like they're necessarily like better players it's it's, it's something we've spoken about a number of times before now where the fine lines in the Premier League are where players are all kind of about the same and then you get certain players that are just a bit better um, and they just mentally went and they, but they've and they wanted it more and I think you know we got found out so I mean let's start the dissection so bear in mind I've only seen the kind of like match of the day and, and Saints website highlights first goal Saints corner it's not the first time probably all the last time we're going to concede from our own corner. Um, Firstly, what really annoys me is we don't have James um, Ward-Prowse on the pitch. Um, I I can deal with not having James Ward-Prowse on the pitch if we train another one of our effing players to take a bloody set piece. You know what? Like, how can it be that that we don't have anyone else who can take a set piece and whip the ball in and cause, you know, trouble? Joe Hart is... Oh, he's so suspect. As a goalkeeper, he's a complete nightmare. Um, you know, you just got to whip it in there. You've got to, you've got to, you know, challenge him. Instead, we're playing a short corner. Comes out to Lamina on the edge of the box. And when you're talking about your commitment, 
it was clear that none of the players were showing for Lamina. So he had yeah. the ball and nobody was showing for him, which meant that as the West Ham players started to come out and started to close down, he had nobody to give it to and he ends up giving it away. To be fair to Lamina, when that goal goes in, he's actually like on the six-yard box, I think, actually, because he's traced that ball all the way yeah. back. So he showed the effort. Which yeah. which you can't say for all of our players, right? True, true. Uh, he did track all the way back, but it frustrates me a little bit because he... he he made the mistake against Newcastle. You mm. know, he completely whiffed on the ball on the, on the corner coming out and that led to a goal. And, and the blame's going to fall on him a little bit for, for this one, even though it's not all his fault. You know, he did try to track back, but it, we just as a team, you know, I, I don't, I don't understand what's happening. There. I don't understand. Like how have you, if, as a, I mean, I, I play center back when yeah. I play and it don't look like it cause I'm five, seven, but like, it's just cause I don't like to run. But if I go all the way forward for a corner, like damn well, sure. I'm going to, I'm going to actually try to score while I'm there. And like, I don't understand what everybody's doing. And I don't, and I'm just to go on the set piece thing. Uh, every set. Uh, did you see a good set piece? All, all no, day? But we have not seen it. I mean, Ward Prowse had a really good purple patch, fell out of favor inexplicably. And now every set piece we have, it's one of the Tadic or Bertrand trying to take it. And they very rarely beat the first man. And the problem is, is they're not being the first man. And therefore our attack suddenly becomes us defending. Right. Which and defending exactly, a counter-attack. Defending which, a counter-attack. Which we've been terrible at yeah. defending all season. And le- and also leading us to make individual error um, goals. And, I, I th- you know, you, you've asked how many goals have we conceded from our own corners this year. So how many goals have we conceded from our players losing possession? Uh, you know, when they, don't, when they don't really need to and they shouldn't yeah. be under pressure. Unfortunately, I don't know the answers to that. I did try and do a little bit of research, but I mean, we, we've conceded a lot of goals when we've been on the front foot. We concede goals to counterattacks a lot. And, um, you know, maybe Pellegrino was right. Maybe when we're going forward, we should be thinking about what we need to do because he knew that we were always going to lose the ball. I mean, it's a massively negative way to approach it, but... Well, the Ugly Inside said this is a really good post earlier. They said that Puel got slaughtered because... One of the things Puel believed is that we do not have the players to defend if we commit forward. And Pellegrino obviously saw the same yeah. thing. And, and, you know, we tried, we, we got found out again on Saturday. Well, you know, everybody, I think all of us wanted, wanted the club to do something different going forward. We wanted them to do, you know, be more aggressive, play 442, whatever it is. And I, and I don't think Mark Hughes is, is, is watching our Twitter posts and going, yeah, that, you know what? They, those guys got it. I don't, I don't, I don't believe that for a second, but, um, you know, now we have two managers who, whether we like them or not, have kind of been proven right. Like at some point, like, like, uh, was it Jason that wrote yeah. in at some point, like this falls on the players. Like you got two managers who say you got to do things one way and it, and it maybe doesn't work to our, our liking. Then you got a, a manager who comes in and tries to do something different and it completely falls apart. Like all, the questions are maybe, maybe it's not the manager maybe it maybe it's above him maybe it's below him but it's yeah it's got to go somewhere um so following that kind of first goal we then consider that chance to announce it he should have put it away shouldn't he yeah. i mean right in the front of the front oh, of the we, goal. we should have been three nil down after 18 um, minutes and then we had that second goal where hoiberg does basically what lamina did except kind of well within our own half yeah um again they casual tracking back i mean this you can see it much better when you're in the stadium. You can see the whole pitch. You can see what's going on. You can take in a lot more. But just from my general observations on the highlights, we weren't tracking back. We weren't looking like we were ever going to win the second ball. No. Um, so, 
I mean, that was the one where Anatovic headed it at McCarthy and the ball comes out and Anatovic puts it in. If he doesn't put it in, there was another West Ham player waiting there to put it in. Yet the Southampton defenders, midfielders have not got back. They've not anticipated that there could be a rebound. There could be something to be chasing. But how many times this season? And also another cross into the box where our centre-backs are incapable of winning the header. Um, it's baffling. Hoyt, six foot four, terrible in the air. Stevens, shorter, but still, what, five eleven, six foot, not strong in the air. Um, we saw that with the third mm. goal. Um, they seem to be completely bamboozled. And again, like, we'd need to go through the games, but, you know, if you just think like Glenn Murray, yeah, uh, the, the equalizing goal for Huddersfield, all goals where people just peel off our centre-backs and they just don't seem to grasp the flight of the ball. And you wonder, like, this basic football, this is surely like the most basic thing for a centre-back and they're not getting it right. One of the things which really struck me um, when I went to, I think it was the Huddersfield game, Fraser Forster was still in goal and uh, I hadn't actually selected my seats and I'd let the kind of computer do it for me and ended up right behind the goal. And Fraser Forster was just kind of like whispering to his uh, centre-backs. There was no kind of like commanding or communication going on. Um, I think like all of these goals are the mistake of a lack of communication. And leadership. Yeah. It's leadership. Like uh, there's been a lot of talk about Fonte, who's now plying his trade in China. Like Fonte was a leader. Uh, Van Dyke had his, you know, his prima donna moments, but Van Dyke was a leader of men. Uh, He's a leader do, when he can be bothered. Yeah, but we do, we do not have a single leader on that pitch from up front to the goalkeeper. There's not a single leader. Yeah, I'm struggling to find one in in the dressing room anywhere. Like you know, and maybe maybe Hughes is it, but but we got to have somebody out there on the pitch that's doing it, and and it, it, it's just not there. Stay, I mean, but even then, like, is it really going to be enough? No. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, should we move on to the third goal? Another counterattack. Lamina losing the ball again. I mean... So, so can I just talk about the mood in the stands? Um, I, I was asked to do some video yeah. stuff, you know, and, and I was asked to do my like, kind of reaction. And none of the footage I got from the reactions to their goals I could use because the guy directly behind me was just repeatedly calling Tadic just awful things. Um <laughs> Dropping the C-bomb. Yes. And, you know, I think you... You chancer. I think you... <laughs> I think you guys utilize it. Not you personally, but you're... you're like, in Britain, that gets that gets thrown around much more frequently than in, yeah. the, United, in the United States. Like, it's not heard of. Like, I, I have a horrible mouth. You heard it before we started recording. But, like, I don't say that. Like, that's it's tough for me to say. But um, the mood in the stands after the second goal was... It had completely flipped from, from pre-match where all the West Ham fans were, were now much more kind of like jovial and, and they were now giving it to us and, and we were just kind of all pissed off and, and it was over. And then many people had left to go get, to get beer yeah. at, at halftime by the time that third goal went in. And nobody, like you said earlier, nobody challenged Arnaltovich on that goal at all. Like yeah. he just casually side foots it in, yeah. uh, tells us to do whatever he did on it's just a tongue thing. And then I think he ran all the way over to Hughes and, and gave him some. So, yeah, I mean, it's a terrible goal to concede. And if you, I think we spoke about earlier, you watch the, the body language of Hoyt as the ball comes over where Hoyt is completely baffled by the ball. But again, to, to my point earlier, Cedric, uh, earlier Tom, you were demonstrating this with some moves. Yeah. I, mean, I wonder if we can do a YouTube exclusive. So can YouTube you, exclusive is kind of like the ball comes across. I'm going to try and describe this for, for, everyone so and tom is now standing up yeah hang on, i'll take this mic. he's got the microphone right he's put down the microphone 
So he's saying the ball comes across. He's trying to pretend to be Wesley Hoyt at this moment. He's looking aimlessly in the air and put his arms out. On out of it, to start. And then he sort of starts to turn. And by the time he's lumbering the Dutch body, it's sort of moving around. He's kind of at this position... As on uh, This really doesn't work for a podcast, I've realised. But basically, Tom is, 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 is... Just describe what you've done there, Tom, on, on the microphone. What I'm really trying to show is that the ball comes over from, from the right and for some reason, Hoyt's kind of running backwards and because he's got the turning circle of an oil tanker, the, by the time the ball flies over him and Anatovic has readied his body and hit quite a sweet body, to be in all honest, uh, Hoyt's still not facing the right way. He's still, he's looking at the goal rather than getting anywhere near an out of it. And again, like, you just wonder, like, what are they doing with the flight of the ball? Well, he's six foot four. All right, an out of it is a big lad, but Hoyt's bigger. He's six foot four. Like, he should win that ball. But between him and McCarthy, there's just no communication. Communication. Yeah. There's no leadership. And there's no kind of like, I am having this ball. Yeah. And if you look at Arnautovic, he never once, like, even thinks for a second that Hoyt's going to get a touch on it because he's just lining up the side foot volley the entire time. And it was, it was a sweet finish. Like, I, I have to give him that. But like, you, he knew who he was up against. He kind of like, you know, like, I'm going to just peel off your back yeah. and nobody's at the back post. And, and now we're three nil up and this game is, is done. And it, it it's 100% kind of on the center backs, but our fullbacks too. Um, well, Cedric, like so they beat Cedric too easily to cross the ball. Mm. Like I just don't understand. But again, Cedric's head is elsewhere. There was rumors, you know, talk about him in the press last week or so that he sort of thought he was going to be able to go. And then when Van Dyke went, they said, well, no one else is going. Um, his head is elsewhere. You know, he'll end up, he'll probably end up at Everton, won't he? Yeah, you can see that. You can see that. Um, okay. Uh, I mean, little. West Ham, I, I think things improved in the second half, but by that point it was already over, wasn't it? I mean, it was, there's, we still didn't register a shot on target for the whole game. Charlie Austin had two kind of half chances. Um, you know, Aaron Cresswell is taking the mickey out of Saints when he's like shooting from 40 yards out and hitting the crossbar, isn't he? I mean, that doesn't normally happen in a West Ham game. Normally he's passing the ball, he's trying to create something. It it was pretty pathetic. Bring up the XG stats, which we now all know about thanks to Duncan Alexander yeah. episode. It was 0.5. We had an expected goals of half a goal versus West Ham United who have shipped what three four three in their last yeah kind of lost the three last games? three games by at least three clear goals um, but like having said like we genuinely did not look like we were going to get close to scoring yeah certainly in the first half like did not even get a sniff it was it was unbelievable how bad we were up front I remember whispering to myself and probably the people around me, like, like, well, we're not going to see any action on this end because, uh, you know, all, uh, West Ham was shooting towards us in the first yeah. half. And I was like, well, Saints aren't going to do anything the second half. So like, I guess we just get the binoculars out and try to see the other end of the pitch. Cause and, you're really far away as well at that other stadium. Um, yeah. So terrible, 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 basically. Awful. Um, not, not a single redeeming aspect. So, I mean, can we just like, We've never done player ratings on this podcast before, but I wonder, can you just pick out a couple of players and, and perhaps explain what you would give them out of 10 and why? Is it, why? Well, why don't I just pick out a couple of players? You guys are at the match. You can tell me what you saw throughout the 90 minutes. So let's start with Lamina, who in the highlights was culpable for two of the goals. So, so I think the player ratings started at six and then they kind of go 
either way from there because I feel like everybody's player ratings are different. Yeah. And and so if if he starts at a six, he gives away the ball for a goal. Granted, nobody was showing. Yeah. But he's down to five right there. Um. He tracked back. Maybe he's up to a five and a half. At best, he finishes there. He probably finishes lower than that. And I think I think that with Lamina, what I would say is that at least he's got quality. Yeah. You know, like yeah, he made two mistakes that led to goals, but there was enough opportunity for us. Like, there, we had chances to stop those goals. It wasn't like he passed the ball to someone on the end of the six yard box. Like there were chances to stop those goals, yeah. and the collective will of Saints wasn't enough to do that. Um. So I'm going to choose some other players who've been quite popular throughout the season. Cedric, for example, what what would you give him out of ten? Cedric's already at the uh, already at the World Cup. Like his head is gone. Uh, he's not drop him. Bring guy. back Matty Target, who's gone 18 games undefeated for Fulham Football Club. But like, but we've also like we don't do we have a, a genuine question like apart from Yoshida who can play right back. Do we have another right back in the first team squad? Jeremy Pied. Jeremy Pied, yeah. wasn't even on the bench. Yeah. yeah, and I know and, uh, that because I said, "Is, is Pierre going to come in because Cedric's garbage?" And somebody's like, "He's not even on the on the sheet." So yeah, no. and Pierre can't buy a game, can he? In the two years he's been at Saints, yeah. he can't buy a game. So I don't know. Yeah. Apparently. Um. What about McCarthy? Because I had him down as slightly suspect for that first goal, but you guys were right behind the goal, and you thought it was a good shot. I, I think he's the best player on on the pitch on Saturday. Yeah. Okay. Um, Could have been worse. But, and and uh, what does the best player on the pitch get out of 10? I mean, this is this is going to be damning of the rest of Saints team. Six. Six. Yeah. yeah I mean, he, he I don't still, think, like, in all goal. honesty, like, maybe he could have come. It was a wicked ball for the third yeah. goal. A wicked, wicked ball. But um, he could he do anything about the first goal? No. Like, from where I was, it was a rasping half volley, which was rising. It was a really good shot. Yeah. And for the second, like, he did his best for that save. Like, if, if Hoyt isn't fast enough to react then you know i don't really know maybe yeah maybe he could have got the third like if he'd have come out and got it but they'd have just got another one creswell would have scored a 40 well and maybe maybe he's expecting hoyt to actually get something on it you know if Hoyt gets a little tiny touch the ball doesn't go in you know i I do think kind of like the thing which is which just resonates and has resonated all season is that like lack of leadership, that lack of communication. I was shocked when I saw Fraser Forster kind of whispering at his defenders, not commanding them, like the the kind of six foot six beast of a man that he is. Um, and and I just don't know if we're ever going to sort out that defence unless there is a leader thrown in there. Well, I think I think you're going to sort it out uh, in the summer because we have to be realistic that we will not be in the Premier League and we will lose the two fullbacks and we might keep Hoyt and we will keep Stevens. So like you will sort out that defense because we'll probably keep Yoshida. We'll have Stevens and Yoshida. Yeah, yeah, we will. And, and, and you know what? Like that's a great center back pairing for the championship, but like that's that you're going to, that team is going to be sorted out, mm. but it's going to be sorted out because we've got too much 68 million pounds worth of players wages per year and if any of them could really hold their hands up and say that they've earned it this season i'll be amazed i think if if we do go down which is highly likely at this point i think uh cedric has to go i want him gone because yeah. you look at the the performance he put in on saturday and it's it you know he is a good right back but he 
he's not going to do well in the championship, which from what I've seen, we, we watch very few games of championship football in the United States, but mm. it, it seems like, you know, tackles, you can leave them in a little, a little longer. You can go in a little harder. Uh, referees are, are less lenient or, or more lenient, I guess, and, and less, less likely to give yellow cards and stuff. And that doesn't fit his game at all. You know, he's going to get out muscled on, on every. And pitches are small, like pitches are tighter. Crowds are more tighter to the pitch. It's, it's a hostile environment. And Cedric strikes me as like a, a really nice guy. <laughs> Somebody, somebody said he's a continental center back, and I, I, I just kind of agreed, but I, I'm not sure that is what it is. But I, I think I understand what they mean. Is that he's just he's 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 meant to play this kind of like nice passing game, kind of yeah. going forward. But it, you leave a few tackles in on him, and he's kind of like, okay, guys, I'm I'll just hold on for next week and hope it's not the same way. And eight games away from a World Cup, yeah, he's definitely like that. Well, I mean, he's he's tasted being a European champion, which was you know unexpected for Portugal. You know, why wouldn't he be excited about the World Cup? Um, Bit disappointing. Well, I mean, I say a bit disappointing. That's understatement of the year, isn't it? Imagine if you'd flown halfway across the world for this and brought your eh? family. You would do that. Uh, (laughs) I guess I did. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, I mean, how how does that feel, Matt, to have chosen the worst game that Tom has seen in 25 to 30 years of of going to see Southampton? And I can tell you, in the last 25 to 30 years, there's been some pretty bad Southampton teams. We've seen some bad teams. I mean, the the performance, I think, Tom, you, what you're really getting to is the commitment. And none of the players showed the sort of commitment that you've shown in terms of kind of saving up, organizing your holiday around this. Yeah, like I, I cut my healthcare coverage by like a lot. <laughs> over a year to save for this trip like that is really where the money came from like we i'm we, so pleased we have the nhs oh we, we switched insurance plans and just we're like if we don't have a major trauma in the family we will be able to go on vacation if anyone from saints is listening to this and <laughs> you should step in and make up the difference my kids are like when are we gonna get braces i'm like not this year <laughs> but you know and, and so when when we come over and the first thing everybody says is that was the worst game we've ever seen. And we said that about Newcastle, like yeah. that it, it does, it does kind of, it doesn't but, feel great. But seriously, to that point, at what point do the players step up and say enough Well, Jason Dickey's right, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he's right. And like, I'm amazed after the Newcastle game, like simple PR, like how many Saints fans in Newcastle? 3,000? Uh, say you wanted to give them 50 pounds each to cover the cost of their transport. So the cost of the cover the coach and the tickets. So what's that? 3,000 times 50, that's 150 grand. Like, just give them the money. Like, earn a little bit of goodwill. Mm. And that we just, our players seem completely impervious to this idea of earning goodwill. So, I mean, this weekend we've got Arsenal at the Emirates. Um, I mean, you've experienced what it's like to be a football fan in England where you get messed around by the television all the time. This is horrible um, what they did. From Saturday to Monday and then back to Sunday. Unfortunately, that doesn't work out for you, Matt, so you're, you're going to miss out on Arsenal. You are going to see the England ladies team, which I think is going to be good. You're going to see a team that's actually committed to playing well. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I mean, new coach. Uh, yeah. That, that was exciting. Uh, it is exciting. Um you know, our women's team in the US is actually good. Yeah. Uh, like, like yours. The England team is, uh, is a lot better than it used to be. Definitely. It's, uh, and, and they're, they're playing against Wales, which I, I'm not, I don't know a ton about Wales, but I, I, don't, I imagine that being that close and this, this should have some, that there should be some tackles left in. This is a qualifier. This game actually yeah. matters. And I'm excited to see St. Mary's. Like that, yeah. that, I mean, I'm super, super stoked on that. But like, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that, uh, the game is, is, is better than what I saw on Saturday. 
I mean, I, I think you'll see a better performance from the England ladies team than um, yeah, than, than the Southampton team on Saturday. Um, I remember, you know, when I grew up in the West Country, so it's like Bath, Bristol, and Bristol Rovers uh, used to play. And the Bristol Rovers ladies team's quite good, and they once beat the men's team at some point in the early nineties, and it was like the talk of the town. Everyone's like, "Can you believe it? The ladies have beaten the men's team." But yeah, you could because the ladies team were in the top division. The men's were languishing in the bottom of kind of what England is today's women. League. Give Saints a good good th- run out. I think they would. I think they'd be more committed to the fifty-fifty challenges. I think they'd yeah, show. I think they show more bite than the. Uh, than the men's team at the moment. Um, should we move on to Arsenal? Oh, God. So, I mean, I've talked about this before. I love going to the Emirates. I think I've been three times I've never seen Saints lose at the Emirates. Did you um, see the Cuco Martino goal in, in person? I saw the Cuco Martino, but that was at that St. Was Mary's. Mary's. Yeah, right. I did see okay. the Nathaniel Sorry. Klein one at the Emirates, which oh, was really, rocket. really tasty. I saw Jordi Classy, the um, most successful Saints player ever, pretty much, according yeah. to um, Duncan Alexander. Highest win ratio. Did he sit right here? No, we did this one in Tom's house. house. Okay, well, thank God. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just the the downgrade and getting. Yeah, 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 I feel much better now. Can we start over? (laughs) Let's go. Um, Yeah, and I've seen Fraser Forster do, I think, pretty much the greatest goalkeeping performance I've, I've ever seen. Although, apparently, in terms of the shots stopped, that was a record, Fraser Forster's performance at the Emirates in the 0 0 against Arsenal. Um, until De Gea beat it earlier this season. Is that Again, also at the awesome? Emirates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I've never seen Saints lose at the Emirates, but I have a feeling that this Sunday that's going to change. What? Yeah. What? Let's try and pick out some positive here. So you guys are at the game on Saturday. Is there anything, anything at all, one tiny little glimmer of hope out of the 90 minutes that you saw on Saturday that makes you think that Saints could go to the Emirates on Sunday and get a result? Yeah, I it's the squad. So what's the only thing we've got really going for us is that that eleven players that don't played, have to play. Don't not all of them have to play, and like we could drop a few of them, and we could bring in. And this isn't original; it's been on Twitter, but it's probably right. I think Daily Echo we're talking about bring in Romeo, bring in Yoshida, bring in Ward Prowse, bring in Sims. Like, what have we got to lose? Nothing like, you know, point. we've got nothing left to lose. So, like. Bring in these players that are bringing, like, bring in Shane Long. You know, like, at least he gives you something. Second best player, probably, on Saturday, uh, next to McCarthy. And when he yeah. came on, he came on for Gabby Dini, I think, at halftime. And I said it before, like, I think I, I, I don't. It's a completely different experience, match day experience, and I won't get it. But I, I drank a lot pre- before the game, and I wasn't I wasn't expecting that. So I th- I'm pretty sure he came on at halftime. Yeah. But he, he was, he was I good when he came on. That. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Shane Long, yeah. So that's that's what we've got. Like what we've got is we we're not like a really threadbare squad. We actually have a surprisingly uh, big squad, mm. um, and I think now's the time to to use them. Um, say so Arsenal in their Arsenal have Aubameyang. He's played six games for Arsenal, scored five goals. Um, they have Meza Özil, who's incredible creator. He's kind of like Tadic if Tadic had a bit more about him. And they also have Mikatarian from Man United recently. He's also another incredibly creative player. And, uh, and if OBR's not doing it, they just bring on Lacazette. Yeah. I mean, at uh, least they don't have Giroud anymore. Let's face yeah. it, because we did quite well against Arsenal, didn't we? We were beating them and then they brought on Giroud. Birthday, and, yeah. 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 I, mean, I The problem is, is they can hurt us from so... If you look at Saints, Saints are very one-dimensional, aren't they? Mm. Like 
we, I don't even know actually how Saints hurt teams really. Um, but like Arsenal could just punish us from all over the pitch. We don't. Yeah. Well, we haven't. <laughs> but if you look, like if Mkhitaryan has an off day, then Ozil will just do something. Ozil has an off day, like, you know, that Ramsey steps up. You know, they've yeah. got like quality throughout the team. Yeah. So the last time we played them, it was a 4.30 or 4 o'clock a.m. start my time. Yeah. Which is, is early, noon kickoff, I think. And we were holding our own, doing just fine. And then it was Alexis to Giroud, I think, for yeah. the, for the yeah. goal. Um, and, and both those players are gone. They're gone. So, yeah. So that means we're going to win. I don't think so. <laughs> I'll Sorry. be amazed. Sorry. Be amazed. Um, so I've picked out one little glimmer of hope. Do you remember when we had a go at Garth Crooks for his team of the week and he said that Mario Lamina was an Arsenal player? If ever he's seen one, and why hadn't Arsenal signed him? Based well, on one game. So, based on that, um, if Lamina is an Arsenal player and Lamina gave away the ball twice to create two West Ham United goals, if all of the Arsenal players give us that many chances, then maybe, just maybe, we might convert one of them. And, and and squeak a, a win. Is that clutching at straws? There, I I don't even know if I can see the straws that you're clutching at. They're so small. You, you know what? I think it's got so bad that we just can't even imagine what this group of players are capable of. But this group of players are capable of playing some decent football. They have done in the past. Not a too dissimilar group of players. There's still there's still some glimmer of hope, but I'm. Finding this is a hard sell. I'm looking, no, no, looking no. across my sofa and looking at two forlorn faces. I, I but I, I do, I do, I do understand what you're saying, and and I, and I know that the, that they can play good football. They can. I mean, in terms of like just passing the ball and, and doing that kind of stuff, like we're great, but we we lack the kind of and in the same way that Arsenal doesn't have. Do you lack a little bit of edge that to to kind of when a team comes at you and a team leaves a tackle and that you can you can continue to play your game and also give it back to them without getting a red card and getting sent, yeah. sent off, you know? Arsenal are also a team that lack that edge though, aren't they? That kind yeah, of they've 50, got quality. 50. Yeah. And I and that's the difference. And I I wonder with with Saints as well, um, that we played a lot of the big name we played all the players that we wanted us to play and I wonder if like Mark Hughes is actually quite an old fashioned manager, isn't he? And you wonder if he might just go like Stephen Davis, get him mm. in. Like, I know what Stephen Davis can do. Like you know, like like get players in that you know he's going to fight for it. Yeah, uh, there's a there's a good chance we will not see Lamina for at least a few weeks, and and that's harsh on him maybe because he. I think. I mean, as a fan, I've been calling for Lamina and Hoiberg to play for so long because, uh, you know, everybody kind of jumped on the Romeo, blame Romeo kind of bandwagon. And I was one of them. It's like, he's slow. He, he ponders on the ball. He gave the ball away a couple times to allow opposition goals. But I think sometimes you kind of need that guy who's just going to sit there and, and do that mm-hmm. job. Um, but I think the problem is, is moving forward. We don't have anybody that's creating chances. We don't have anybody that's taking the chances. Maybe now that, that Austin's semi fit, maybe he can do that. And if, I, th- I think that's all it takes is if we put away a couple chances, I think we're good. You know, I, I think that the, the tide tends to, to turn a little bit and, and we'll be okay. But until then, until we can actually convert a chance and until we can actually, um, uh, <laughs> until we can actually do that, then I think we're going to be, uh, in, in some trouble. Yeah. Yeah. I think that I just can't, I, my, my concern is like that. I think you've just seen all of the self-belief drain from saints now. Um, I think the players know that they're, they're out of there. Like you might beef out, they'll all go. Like, I think you'll see, it'd be fascinating. So if we could write down the, the squad now, I genuinely think half that squad won't be there next season. Maybe we'll try that 
coming up. Um, right, I'm, I mean, the only kind of glimmer of hope I've got is that I've not travelled down the overground to Highbury and and got off and, and seen us lose to Arsenal before, and I'm hoping that that record's going to stay, although I don't see it, to be honest. Um, let's so, move, let's move. There's the one, one yeah. thing. Arsenal's got to play Spartak Moscow on yeah. Thursday. Yeah, sure. Like, like that could go poorly. Yeah. Um, and it's a long way to go. They, they have they have one thing to do to play for this season, and that's the Europa League. And yeah. so, if maybe the best thing for them is if they get through this game and it's close, like they win, but it's close, and they know they have to. Maybe they allow an away goal. Yeah. So they they know that they have to rest certain players to to go away to 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 Russia. Yeah. Maybe that helps. But like then you know Abumiang, he's he's cup tied for the competition, so he's going to play against us. Uh, but maybe some of those other players, maybe we don't see Ozil, maybe we don't see yeah. Ramsey, and I think that would that would might actually help us. But that, like you said, clutching at some straws, um, and, and I'm really just hoping at this point. Um, yeah, hope is all we have. Let's move on to Southampton finances. So, I mean, if we were looking for a positive story, then um, Southampton financially. They've been doing brilliantly. They announced a pre-tax profit um, of their 2016-17 year of 43.7 million or 34 million pounds. Um, they moved from a position of net debt to having net cash. You know, effectively, that means they've got money in the bank. Um, you know, basically, they're, they're they're doing well financially. I mean, it's a good time to be a director or an owner or an owner selling Southampton Football Club. I mean, I've kind of put conspiracy theories, question mark, question mark here. It's not really a conspiracy theory, but basically, is the root of a lot of our problems the fact that we've sold lots, we've not reinvested, you know, we've been kind of like flogging a theory that we can do things on the cheap better than everyone else. And it's it's not really worked out that well. And yeah, the, the club is rich, but they're about to see the value of the club plummet if things don't change dramatically over the next seven games well correct me if i'm wrong but like when teams start to show that they are financially doing well and the results of the pitch are the opposite like that's really when the fans start to go the fans and like i think i've heard people say that that uh season tickets at, at saints are, are extremely expensive compared yeah. to some of the people uh, around about sixth or seventh most yeah, expensive yeah, in the division that, yeah yeah and, and i have that stupid uh spreadsheet that i constantly update that no, nobody cares about but me i think <laughs> but like i still do it but it's uh you know we have like the eighth most expensive squad in the league and so you, you know you, you look at the season tickets and go okay that's fine but like the football doesn't reflect that no. at all, you know? Um, and well, 68 million pounds worth of wages as well. You know, that's an insane amount of money mm. to pay any of those players anywhere near that. I, I think what I find quite remarkable about this, so they, I mean, the accounts only came out recently, but that's only up to the 30th of June, 2017. So this doesn't include the Van Dyke money in terms of what they've sold there. Um, so we already had cash in the bank when we sold Van Dyke for 75 million. Okay, I know some of that went to Celtic, some of that went to the agent, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but also what was quite interesting about this, Summer 17 was the first time that Saints had spent more than they actually sold for a, since, I think, the Lieber family or since we've been back in the Premier League. So who did we... So we bought in the two big ones, were obviously Hoyt and Lamina. Yeah. And who did um, we sell? Hardly anyone, really. We didn't sell anyone in the summer, which one of our things we often said against yeah. Pellegrino is he was the first Saints manager in years to inherit a stronger squad than the one he... Yeah. Uh, than the one in the predecessor. I mean, we also had the bonus of... Um, 
you know, turnover rose from 60 million to 182 million pounds. Or no, it rose by hundred uh, by sixty million to one hundred eighty-two million pounds. A lot of that came from the new television deal, right? So, Mister Gao, if you're listening to this, this is what's going to happen to your television money if we get relegated to the championship. Um, so, life in the championship, you get four point three million pounds from the Premier League, which is your kind of solidarity. So that's your parachute money. No, no, this is not the parachute money. Parachute money is better, so I'll explain oh, okay, the parachute right. money. But this is typical. So let's say we've been in the championship for three or four seasons. Oh, they, every every championship club. Yeah, gets so every championship right. club gets four point three million. It's like an allowance. Yeah, that's kind of their allowance, and then they get about two million pounds for the television rights. So As that's to, Fraser Forster's earnings, and probably uh, you know someone relatively Sam Gallagher's. Sam Gallagher. Yeah, it probably yeah. is. You know. Um, interestingly, Villa had sixteen games on the television this season. I want you to guess how much money they got in bonus. So 16 so championship get, games. So basically what I've told you, that's your basic salary. 6.3 million, I think you said, is that right? Uh, yeah, 4. so 4.3 and, and 2 million. Yep. Yeah. 6.3, that's your basic. You get bonus for every time you get shown on Sky. So guess how much, without looking at my computer here, how, how much Aston Villa have made from being shown 16 times on Sky this season? I'm going to say 4 million extra. Yeah, 3.2. Five hundred twenty thousand. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> so it'd be so five hundred twenty. So that's sixteen. So that's an average of under forty. Right? Well, no, even now like thirty grand. Yeah, might be more like thirty-five grand again. Bas- basically, Jesus. you get a hundred grand for every home game, and you get ten grand for every away game. I mean, ten grand probably doesn't even cover the transport costs. Right. Yeah, you know, like if you think about the hotel rooms and everything. Um, well, I think we're going to be staying in the travel in next uh, <laughs> next season. Yeah, we sleep you on the coach. Um, so, I mean, so to compare that, so that's what the top earner, one of the top earners in the championship, um, on the basic, you're getting about six and a half million quid, right? Premier League bottom club gets a hundred million pounds. Um, top gets 150 million. So, I mean, that is a significant difference. I mean, if you okay. t- if you talk about a business, if a business went from its turnover having you know hundred million coming in down to six million, that business is gone. That's dead. Yeah. Well, I guess that I guess then we just have to go all in on getting promoted first time round. Yeah. Because uh, that's that's how we have to do it. And so the the way the parachute payments work is you get fifty five percent of your Premier League allowance. Say if your bottom club, you get fifty five million. And your first season down, then you get 45 million in your second season down, then 20 million, and then nothing. So if you don't get promoted in the first three seasons, or well, first two, honest, really, the first cause, two, yeah, because 20 million is peanuts in this kind of world. But, but even so, I mean, if the company that you're working for, its turnover changed by 50%, that's, that's big, 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 big trouble. Yeah. And, um, you know, Gao has invested 200 million pounds in this club. With whose money? Well, I mean, presumably it comes from a bank loan or it comes from loaning off his own companies or... I mean, it's weird, isn't it? I, If you think about it, like everything Southampton Football Club was meant to stand for over the last few years and we sold to a Chinese guy that no one knows like, who, what his source of income is, who he is, what his plans are. What's been amazing is well, the, the lack of communication. Mm. Um, I think his daughter spoke at that event in the museum in Southampton the other week, but uh, by all accounts, that was just kind of platitudes and niceties. And then that was that. Um, it, again, this, yeah, this is a bigger topic than Saints, but in what other world could 
a community asset, a community asset that has been a bedrock of that of that part of the world for over a hundred years that provides em- yeah years, that, that provides employment for hundreds of people beyond and that's just directly like beyond staff beyond the economic impact and the prestige that it brings to an area in what other world could an asset like that just be sold I, it does make you wonder what's what's going on and, and we're saying it's like who knows like who knows what gal's plan is like no one knows we are you know maybe we'll find out but is there even a plan? I don't know. Well, okay. So here's, here's one of the things that I've been kind of thinking about. Maybe this is the alcohol talking, but like if you, if you look at, you know, the, the hope that, that maybe he has, um, investing all that money, if he goes down the, not as many games are shown in the championship. Um, there is a package you can buy, but like more than half the teams opt out. So like right away, half the games are gone. Yeah. If you're playing one of them, you're not in. So, automatically me as a fan i i get half less than half the games that i could have gotten this year any anybody that's looking to choose a team anybody if he's hoping to expand into the united states anybody's looking to do that you're out or expand into china China, yeah yeah. but like and and so i sometimes i feel like a little bit a little bit weird because i am a fan that's in a foreign country and so like when we talk about commercialization and stuff like that like when they came to baltimore like that was a big deal for me yeah Uh, and sometimes people don't like that but like you know, you, you kind of have to keep winning to, to, to do that. And maybe, maybe expansion in the U S is out anyway, because uh, as you know, the U S failed to make the world cup this year, which means uh, people aren't going to give a shit about soccer for the next or football for the next four, four years. I've got some good news for our listeners abroad, actually. Um, <laughs> and so this is, I'm looking a little bit further ahead. So next season is not the case, but from the 2019 to 2020 season, championship teams will be allowed to stream their own games oh that's good so if we're still in the championship 2019 2020 season good news is you'll be able to watch every game on the streaming service i can shout and comfort my own home i'm in (laughs) i'm in sign me up um but i mean with this this is a genuine concern we've had from a lot of our our listeners from abroad that actually that you know they're they're just not going to see as much of us in the championship but um I mean, Aston Villa have had 16 televised games this season. So if they're televised in the UK, you can definitely get hold of them anyway. You have an internet connection. Um, I think you'll still be able to watch the games in the championship. It's going to be tougher though. Yeah. Well, and you talk about Saints streaming their own games. Like uh, there were a couple of games that were on the, uh, the FA Cup um, that we don't get televised early, early rounds. Mm. Um, and uh, <laughs> I was like, you know, I just want to listen to the radio on the website. And even that doesn't work. So, like, yeah. you telling me scenes are going to stream it, like, unless it's on YouTube, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not 100 confident it's going mean, to happen. Bear in mind, until this year, you couldn't even listen to BBC Radio Solent in the UK uh, until this year. Well, yeah, if you're outside games. of Hampshire, if you're outside of Hampshire, so it's kind of crazy. I think I, but the, the, but again, going back to the central theme, the club owes fans uh, the respect to tell them what's happening, mm. and the club owes the fans that that go week in week out the travel to newcastle the go away at west ham costs money like people haven't had a real wage increase in years you know southampton is one of the more affluent parts of the world but it's not the most affluent part of the world i think i think in the eu countries like despite the fact our economy's grown the most in recent years in terms of real life wage increases the uk is bottom of the pile and you can bet your bottom dollar saints uh, haven't pegged their season tickets or haven't done anything about the match experience to keep it cheaper or kept shirts cheaper so they owe it to the fans i don't think they care but i think we're now 
past that point. I, it, I hate, I hate to say it about my team, but I don't think they care. And I, I think the Saints fans will get nothing from the club. Right. Let's draw a line under that. End of negativity. All right. Um, do this. Matthew. Yeah. First football match experience. Say at home. Have you actually been to a, you've, you have been to a live football game before, haven't you? Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Yes. yeah. But the first Saints experience. I mean, I'm not going to ask Tom for his first one. I mean, we're going to be talking about very hazy memories from the early 90s. Yeah, as a kid being taken to the Dell. Um, you assume mine from Saturday aren't hazy. <laughs> well, I, I'm, I think hazy memories from Saturday are more likely yeah. to be based in the truth. So, Matt, just tell us about it. What was it like? I mean, exciting. Let, let's start with the build-up. Let's start with the good stuff. We don't need to talk about any of the content sure. of the actual game. Sure, sure, sure. So, I, I mean, I had been looking forward to this. I, I booked the plane tickets in October. And so, I had been looking forward to this. Wow. Um, yeah. Um, and yeah. So I had been looking forward to this for, for a long time and, and thought I was going to get two games yeah. but, or matches, but I, but, but whatever. And, and so when I, then I think though, even when I realized that, that West Ham would be the only one, it made it, it that much more special. So I'm really like looking forward to it. Um, we got off the plane on Friday. My, my family kind of slept in until like they weren't even up when I left. I kind of told them like, I'll see you later. Yeah. And I like, I walk out of the hotel and like kind of like, the cold, like I left 75 degrees. So like I walk out and it's 42 Fahrenheit, I think. And it like kind of hits me. I and it's no like, no oh, I don't have no idea. I have no idea what Celsius is. So <laughs> we're just going to do like, it's, a, it's about right. It's cold. Um, it's cold. It yeah. wasn't freezing, but it was cold. Um, and so I, I'm walking down to the pub to, to meet Freddie uh, from the ugly inside. And, and I am like, I can't stop smiling. Like I'm so excited about, about this. Um, and we go in and we're, you know, we get a beer, we get on the train and I have no idea what's going on. Like I'm just lost and I'm just, Freddie's just handing me a, a, his oyster card and just saying, just, just, just press it and we're, yeah. we're good. And, um, and I'm kind of on the train, just like looking around, like going, I don't, I don't know what's happening. Um, I don't have a ticket in my hand yet. We have to meet a guy to get a ticket. So I'm going through security, like looking at Freddie. He's just like the whole time, just like calm down. Calm down. Like, you're fine because I'm just so pumped. I'm so amped. Um, we get the ticket. Uh, he takes off to the turnstile. I have no, like I'm looking for somebody to hand the ticket to. And finally, like somebody just like takes my hand and I, I put it in the thing and I walk in and I can hear the saints fans. And that's when I ran into you. Like it was, it was time to, to go to the restroom before. Yeah. Um, and I'm talking in line and you said, Hey, you're that guy from, you're that guy from California, right? I go, yes, that's me. And we're like, all right, cheers. And then that was it. Like, <laughs> and see you again. Um, and I will then, never see that man again. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have to say though, you were dressed nicer for for a football match than I dressed for work, which is a, is a, is a truly a compliment. Like you were, you it's had a nice jacket on. Like I was, I was just trying not to freeze. Tom's uh, proper hipster. This guy, hey, you're the mustache. Yeah, <laughs> I contemplated shaving a like a mustache yeah. today, or like wearing one, but I was like, I don't know if that's gonna be taken the right way, so I didn't do it. Um, but so then, like I, I kind of mentioned it earlier, like I, you can hear the Saints fans singing from outside the stadium. You yeah. can hear when the Saints go marching in, and. As I am like approaching, so Freddie's got you coming in right, right at the last moment, hasn't he? He's yes. he's eked out the maximum drinking time before the game. He's a clever boy, that one. It yeah. wasn't all his fault, but even the guy that sold us the ticket um, said, "Like, like Freddie, I know you got short legs, but but you know a bunch of curse words that I won't mention. But like, you know, come on, man, like we're we're almost late here." And so, like, as I'm walking in, like I I kind of exit through. There's like a walkway that's over. I guess because it's a track, so you got to yeah. walk over the track, right? Um, so like I go over that because we're in the lower level, and as as soon as you hit like the the kind of end of the of the upper tier, the sound just kind of rushes over you, and I I couldn't stop like like just I was 
I was like, I don't know. I don't even know what the word is. I was, it was, it was done. I was, couldn't, I couldn't take it all in. And it was just like, it sounds like a cup final. Yeah. Does that, it does sound like that, like Wembley last year. Like, and, and maybe it wasn't that, but like for me, like, yeah, that's what I mean for you. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. The feeling you get for that first game is what we got for like last yeah. cup, for the cup final. And Cause I've been to, like, I've been to, to football matches in the United States and it's normally like, you know, I can talk to you like I'm talking to you right now at the, yeah. game, at the match. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah. Like, and, and then you watch the football and it's like, meh. You know, and then uh, and so uh, like I, I kind of like I'm go I have no idea where the seat is. I have no clue. Um, I'm following Freddie, and Freddie keeps walking down and down and down. And we get kind of near our seats, and we get in, and everybody like nobody's moving out of the way because everybody's singing. Like everybody's into it. Like and they're breaking the huddle like kind of center center circle at this point, like running their positions. And I'm just like I cannot believe this is happening. And then as soon as the game starts, it's kind of like uh, we're screwed. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but but that that whole kind of like I I was struggling to kind of like take it all in like the game is so much faster than yeah. it looks on TV, um, Tadich's corners are so much flatter than they look on TV. Like <laughs> it was it was like all all like everything is just just amplified so yeah. much and I and I can't I don't I, I'm gonna struggle to sit at home and watch probably now because it's just not the same. I love watching football in real life and what's it's quite interesting listening to you describing that there because the first game i ever went to was bristol rovers versus tramia rovers in twerton park in bath which was a terrible game it was one nil and the goal kind of like just scraped over but i remember being a kid and feeling that excitement just like even walking to the to the game the atmosphere of the fans and the and just like when you're young and impressionable and like you're hearing kind of these grown men talking and blah blah, blah and you're heading for this thing that's really exciting and it's great to kind of hear that excitement even though you're kind of doing this in your 30s for the very first time. I mean, that's, it's, you know, your hair's on the back of the neck yeah. kind of stuff. But I, I had high hopes for Saturday because I thought it might be like Delhurst Park. Oh, yeah. Uh, how wrong you were. How wrong I was. But, like, you know, I remember Delhurst Park. I remember as a kid. Mm. Delhurst Park would have been on, what, like, 95 or something? 90, I was been, like, 13. Yeah. And that feeling of, like, destiny and the player's uh responding to it and rising to the occasion i really that's what i really hoped for was like we would walk away from that game thinking i you know going i was there you know like next season when you're mm. away somewhere else so someone says for you where have you been you go i was at milan i was yeah. at wembley i was at the london stadium i was there you know and, and it was the opposite i i was really hoping for one of those moments like you know we score the early goal that or maybe if we even scored like a late winner, like maybe it's tense the whole way. And like, that's one where they come over to the corner and they do it. And it's like, you got the West Ham fans right here. And just, we're just down there yeah. in it. And like, that's what I, like my, I had a baseball coach, like uh, just before I went to college, it was like, I just want you to like, imagine all of the things you're going to do that like before they happen. And, and then I'll happen. And yeah. it was like, well, you're wrong. Cause you didn't tell me to imagine being cut, but like, um, <laughs> uh, and so, and then, you know, it just didn't happen. Like yeah. it was just, it did, it didn't quite go the way, but I have to say, like, just on a, on a positive note, that my trip has been overall like I didn't I didn't ever expect to be able to kind of sit here with you and you guys and do this and like the 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 people that were going like, hey, you're that guy from California, like just meeting all of those people. So you must have met like loads of your podcast guests. A lot of them, a lot of yeah. them, and a lot of them want to meet. And my wife is like what are you doing? Like yeah. we, we are on vacation. <laughs> over again. We've got, I've got a spare room. Like <laughs> we'll, we'll find room for you. Just come over next time. Well, I think so. It's, she's, I'll, I'll tell her. It, it stops at an hour. That's what I'll yeah. tell her. So like, <laughs> um, the, uh, 
I kind of like thought I can't go by myself because we, none of us, neither of us, or she's been to Guatemala once on a mission trip, but like none of us have ever been out of the country other than that. And so oh, like, wow. so first time abroad. I've never been abroad. Like, so my, my excuse for coming to England was like, Hey, we'll go somewhere where we speak the language. Cause none of us speak a, yeah. a different language. Like we'll go there. We can read the signs. Like sure. The cars from there come from the wrong side, but like, we'll figure that out. Like, uh, and so and, on. the cars come from the correct side. I think they come from the you opposite guys side. They come from the opposite. It, they come from the opposite <laughs> side. So it's like the, you know, all, all of these things, like I, I couldn't come by myself yeah. without first having brought the family. I think now it's probably a little easier. Like me, Maybe once you got a year. the passport now. Maybe once a year I can it's do also this. Like if we're in championship, you get Wednesday game and a Saturday game generally. I mean, also if we make the FA Cup final, surely it's your duty to. Uh, yeah, that's true. To come as a Southampton podcaster. We'll just lose three now. <laughs> <laughs> Let's face it, we're not going to make it to the, the Cup final. We've got to get out. Chelsea first. Um, interesting what you're saying about the the vision thing and your baseball coach that's exactly what matthew Letizia said about being that was wonderful wasn't it that yeah. anecdote that um, was the that was like a moment should, I, should, I, should i not ruin that if you haven't yeah, heard it like, yet, yeah go back to the last episode where we had a q a with matthew Letizia in revolution in southampton he talked about some wonderful brilliant things if you're a saints fan um i, I love Letizia. i Often, uh, if I meet other Saints fans, and um, my missus will bear me up on this, I have cried about telling people about that moment. <laughs> I get so emotional about that moment. And uh, when I was when I was in the gym, I was listening to that. And I was like, "Oh my god, you, you, oh!" Do you start a whole crying in every single time you listen. Uh, every if I talk about that moment, yeah. Uh, Do you get it when you listen to the intro of the Saints FC podcast? A bit, a bit. But 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 I remember being in a pub in Newcross and watching Saints and talking to a young Saints fan, and my missus was like. You cry. I was like, no, I'm just <laughs> emotional. I, I do cry about it, and that, but that it brought me out because also it made me, it made you realize that as a fan, it felt like destiny, but you didn't realize it was destiny until you heard him say what he said. It was, yeah, and that, yeah. So thoroughly listen to it. It's brilliant, brilliant yeah. bit of radio. Um, absolutely. Let us know what you think about this episode. What you think about the Latis episode? Saints Podcast at gmail dot com at Saints Podcast on Twitter. Head over and listen to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, Matthew. What, how how do people do that? Presumably the same way they do they're listening to this yeah yeah if, if you're listening to this one, whatever app that is, just search delivery. Just make sure you spell it with two L's because it's like the Dell and then. Ivory. Uh, it's a yeah. good name, isn't I, it? Yeah. I, I thought it was really good. It turns out SEO not so great, but like it's oh, okay. well, in terms of searchability. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, but it's okay, uh, especially because people on smartphones it autocorrects, and then they just get a bunch. If you type in Southampton delivery, you get like pizza places and Chinese places and things like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I want. Like you can't listen to that, but it's okay. Um, but you can get a nice pizza. Yeah, you can trade off. Yeah, um, I say. I say Go over, head head over and have a listen to Matt's podcast. The latest one was after the West Ham game in the pub. You're all a little bit inebriated. I've not listened to it yet, but I've heard it's quite good. Yeah, quite so funny. so my so the hope was that that one of you two would be there because I wanted to kind of Oops. talk about um, it's, it's okay <laughs> things ha- things happen when things go horribly wrong. Um, uh, the the idea was to to talk to the ugly in- the guys from the ugly inside, uh, which you have you're yeah. on the you know, YouTube channel and things like that. So it was uh, the idea that we would talk and kind of cover from the beginning to now. Um, and because I'm a history teacher, it kind of really interests me. And yeah. I wanted to, you know, like what makes them do what, what they did. And, and, uh, it, it turned out that the loss was bad. We didn't record till late. Uh, we drank a lot, but it's in a pub and it's great. And then we also talked to the guys from, um, the London Saints, which have been around for 40 years. Oh, yeah, uh, great organization. And so, so they, the two guys, and they were literally on the next table over. Yeah. And it was just like, 
like Freddie goes, you're from the London Saints. Come on over here. And then it was just like, hi, I'm Matt. And like, let's talk. And it was, it was great. So, um, that, that episode actually is great because it is good for me. I've actually like listened back to it in, in, in its entirety because I wanted to, to just kind of hear like, it, it's nice to hear those things from as someone who doesn't come from this area and yeah. didn't grow up with the club, like to kind of know, uh, what the situation was when they started and, and how that's kind of what the relationship with the club is like and all the, all of those things. Brilliant. That's Can't on the to do list. Southampton Delivery Podcast, Saints FC Podcast, two great podcasts on the on Southampton Football Club. We won't talk about the other ones because they're not here. So yeah. Um, and uh, I think we've got the best ones covered here anyway. So uh, let's 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 leave it at that. Saints FC Podcast at gmail.com at Saints FC Podcast on Twitter. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. I'm sorry that West Ham United was so awful, but hey, we're going to go to the Emirates and, and beat them, isn't it? And then right? we're going to win the FA Cup, so what's the big deal? Yeah. Anyway, so that's Cheerio from me. Good night for me. All right. Thank you. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. And uh, that's that's all from the California. The pleasure, guy. pleasure was all ours. You, you, you. Can, you can drop in anytime, Matt. <laughs>